for the story this morning, there are a lot of words that could have come up. Courage. The courage of Miriam stepping forth and saying, maybe this is a chance for our family to stick together. The courage of her mom. He said, I just want to save my baby. So I'll do whatever it takes. And I'm just going to hope that it works. We could go to those words, but the word that seemed to really press upon my heart as I asked the Lord, what is it that we need to hear this morning? Was adoption. Exodus 2, verse 10. Later, when the boy was older, this is after Miriam had brought him to basically, you know, be fed by his mom over a period of time, so maybe a year, maybe 18 months, probably not four years, we hope, but during a period of time, he was nursed by his mom and then brought back into the palace. His brother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of water. The thing that God does is that he saves by creating new family. He saves with family beginnings. Moses was saved by being lifted out of the water, which is kind of ironic because that was the exact water that he was to be thrown into to die. Yet in this water came his new life. In this water came a new family for him. In this was a new beginning. Someone that was to be killed just received a brand new name, a new station, new authority, and life. Now, we can often read this story and kind of just go past it as a fairy tale. Like, what mom would weave a basket, stick their child in there, put it in the river, and just hope that he'd survive? A desperate one. And I think sometimes when we read these stories, we forget about the desperation that people have. A desperation of, I have no other choice. Because if they find my son... He's dead. Sometimes we're too, too much in comfort, right? Sometimes we also look at these stories and think, that was a different time. Another place. But I think when we look around, oftentimes we forget how many people are really desperate and in need of some grace in need of a new beginning. Adoption is an important story for God because it's the way he saves. Psalm 68, 5 and 6a. I love this psalm for our church oikos because I feel like it express, expresses the mission that I hope we're all about. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets prisoners free and gives them joy. 
This is what I want all of our families to be. Representatives of what the Lord does with each of us. That he becomes a father to those who do not have a father. That he places someone in safety when they have great chaos in their life. That he looks at each of us and says, in your loneliness, I will bring about relationships. Relationships that matter. God gives us a new start the moment that he calls us his children. The moment that he says, you're worth adopting, you're worth not throwing away. For Moses, he only had a home because someone chose to lift him out of the water. I mean, how significant is that? He only had safety because someone said, maybe I will set aside my own safety, I'll take a risk, and I'll save a Hebrew baby, go against the law of the Pharaoh, and just hope that he's okay with it. I mean, in this story, there's this huge amount of risk for every party that's involved in the hope that one little baby would be saved. And if you remember the story, really, no one really knew the significance of Moses, except for God. I mean, he was significant to his mom and to his sister, but on the outside, no one else really knew who he was. He, as far as scripture says, we don't even know if he was given a name until he's given the name Moses. He's kind of a throwaway kid. But in the eyes of this princess, who you would think was entitled and could care less about some slave, her heart melted for this baby. Her heart melted for a different race than her own. Her heart melted. And the only reason I can say that it did is because God was at work. He was at work at starting a new family that would impact the world. Just as he's been at work in our lives through the life of Jesus. As he began his new family. As God used his own son to say, we need to begin a family where we can be one. John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but from a birth that comes from God. We're reborn not because of our great plans. We don't set out to say, I want to be a child of God. 
In fact, we often do the opposite, right? We set out to oppose everything that he does. And yet he still, even though we reject him, looks at us and says, you're worth it. I mean, we can make our plans, right? How many of you have made plans and have them totally be turned upside down? See, I didn't even ask you to raise your hands, but look, people are like, yep, I do that. How many did it this week and you had plans and they turned upside down? You relinquished them to prayer and perhaps you haven't seen the finality of it. But I believe that God is at work. Moses gets a title of prince simply because she lifts him out of water. God gives us the title of a princess or a prince in his kingdom the moment that he calls a son or daughter. We sometimes forget that. In the waters of baptism, just like Moses being lifted out of the water, when we're lifted out of the water in baptism, we receive the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hear it often, so sometimes we get numb to it. But the name of the Most High Everlasting God is upon you. And he says, everything is mine, but now I give it to you. Represent me. Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children... God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. For Moses, his challenge started from the moment he was born. He was brought out of the water. He was sent into the palace, and from the outside world, everyone would have said, He got it all. He won the lottery. And yet he would be faced with many challenges later. That this first adopted family that he was in did save his life. But then he would have to leave it because he would see his own people suffering. And he'd be adopted in a new family. Zipporah's family. A woman that he met at a well. He got so excited, got married to her. He was adopted into his family. That's what happens when you get married. It's supposed to happen. Sometimes it doesn't occur for many, many years or ever. But it's supposed to happen in marriage, that a family becomes one. That the parents of the wife receive that son, that the parents of the son receive that daughter. And they welcomed them. Well, Moses had that. He had a great life. And then God stepped in once again and said, 
you may have to leave this family because the family that you're really a part of is mine. You're going to have to leave behind that that you know and step forward because your people, my people, need you. So he set out again, and he became what we call a type of Christ, a savior of the Hebrews. As he led them out of slavery into freedom, just as Jesus leads us out of our slavery to sin into freedom. The moment he calls you son or daughter, the moment you receive him in faith, Because of that great responsibility, Moses was called to represent. And he didn't do it perfectly. But he represented God here on earth to the people, to the Hebrews, as he led them through. Sometimes he got angry. In fact, that made him not be able to see the promised land. But he tried to keep their eyes focused on what was ahead. Romans 8 says it this way, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. I think it's key that the spirit, his spirit, has to join with ours so that we can actually be affirmed that we're God's children. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes I forget that I'm a child of God. That I have a place in his family. And we talk about it all the time here. But I know in the conversations that I've had with many of you, you sometimes forget too. And we often display that forgetfulness in our fears. So we turn and allow our fears to make the decisions for us rather than the Spirit of God. Think about some of the fears that you've had or that you currently have. How often do they dictate your decisions? So maybe it's a fear of relationships. Maybe it's fear of approval. Maybe it's fear of your finances. Maybe it's fear of your own comfort. Fear of losing a loved one. Fear of exposing a secret. How often does that dictate your daily journey? But God says, receive my spirit. May I affirm you that you're my child. So no matter what you think you're going to face that's going to be beyond me, it's not. Whatever you're going to face that you think is going to be beyond me, it's not. 
Because see, we forget not only are we children, but we're children, we forget of who or whom. We forget that we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He placed his name on us. He chose to join our hearts together with, with his. He chose to send his spirit into us. He chose to send his son to sacrifice himself for us. He did all the heavy lifting. As he looked at us in the moment that we reject him, in the moment that we spit on his face, in the moment that we say we don't need him, in the moment that we forget him, in the moment that we choose to walk away, he chooses you. What fears do you have that guide you rather than the spirit of God? Spirit's calling out to you today. He wants to be your guide. May those fears be placed aside as we step into the identity of an adopted son or daughter of God. Because God saves through adoption. Today we get to give thanks that a little girl is going to be adopted. And I said that this is the best illustration yet. Alina, if you haven't met Alina, Alina's been with the Vanderwater family for the past nine months? Well, seven? Well, that's pretty close. For the past seven months. I said this, this sermon has been kind of developed over three years. I wasn't putting a lot of effort into this for three years, but the Vanderwaters were. From the moment that they felt the call from the Lord to welcome orphans into their home. It didn't start with Alina. Alina, three years ago, was barely born, wasn't born. She wasn't thought of her mom didn't know that she was coming but that's how God works and this morning when we get to see the spirit of God place his name upon this little girl who we've known for seven months he's known for a lifetime for this moment and this time now, we may not get to see or hear about the rest of Alina's story. Maybe we will. My prayer today is that one day she'll return to Oikos and have a testimony about how God is working in her life. And better yet, that not that she would return, but others would return and talk about Alina who has shared Jesus with them. It's a great illustration of God taking someone who was literally thrown away and yet placed into his family. This morning she will be lifted out of the water 
And in that moment, she will be declared a daughter of God. Is that a great illustration? So this morning as we do the baptism, the way we do baptisms here is that first we've got to get all the kids back in. So can we make sure we're getting them in? They didn't believe me that the sermon was going to be shorter today. Wasn't it shorter? Don't say, you didn't like it though. That's the problem. <laughs> but what we do with baptisms is that I like it to be as much of a family representation as possible. And so we actually do get up from our chairs and we gather around the font. Alina's going to come and both Jim and Michelle are going to gather around here. We're going to have a candle. We're going to make sure it's lit. We've had a few sound problems this morning, but thank you, KC, for working diligently up there. And we're going to work through the technical issues because there's a spiritual thing happening right now. The little girl's going to be welcomed into the family of God. I am so excited because the other part of this story was that for a couple of months, Michelle wasn't sure if Alina would be baptized. And this week, as I asked the Lord, well, what should I be talking about? Adoption was a clear word. But then, as I finish the message, I get a text from Michelle saying, Alina's going to be baptized. And that's how the Lord works, isn't it? <laughs> and she's so ready. So go ahead and stand up. Let's gather around the font and let's get on with the work of the Lord.